Hello and welcome to the Social Matters podcast. We are three social workers talking about social matters. Hi, I am Nadia. I'm Fran. And I'm Eugene. Can I just stop? Can we have a rewind, Naz? I want some more energy. Sorry, sorry. This is is the beginning of season two. Right, let's go, babe. All right, all right. Energy, 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 energy. Hello and welcome to... Is that too much? Okay, to the Social Matters podcast. I'm Nadia. Woo-woo! I'm Fran. And I'm Eugene. We're back. We're back. Guess who's back? Back again. Eugene, Nadia and Fran are back. No, it doesn't quite... Oh. Oh, why do you guys always start singing? This is what we have to make a rule for season two. Okay, if you've got to sing, then you have to come down to my level. No, no, but who said that? No, that's the, the man. Level. No, no, <laughs> oh, yeah, <I'm> <laughs> what about me? Come to my level. Oh, friend, I love it. Notice me. <laughs> uh, you don't have to come back. To no, no, you just no. Sing. I'm nothing's gonna stop me from singing, but it's gonna be terrible for people's ears. <laughs> How are you all? What's yeah, really good, really like pumped and excited to be back doing this, man. I've missed been? you guys. Missed you. Um oh, about four, four months. months. Yeah. Oh, that's a oh, whole wow. third of a year. No, that's true. Is that right? Yeah, that is <laughs> do the maths. That is oh, about easy. right. Yeah. Yeah, the reason why it has been four months is because <gasps> I'm a mama. Yes. yes. Yeah. We have a podcast baby. We do. Yeah, little baby girl who was born in May, so yeah. and is four months old, yeah. so makes sense, makes sense. Yeah. That was something that people didn't know about. No, um, they didn't. And then little baby girl just came out. Yeah. Of, not out Obviously of the we you knew. Like, yeah, yeah, we yeah. Yes. Yes. And I've listened back to some of the recordings, but at the time when I was recording, I really felt like baby brain is a real thing, guys, where Mm. it actually impacts on... I've still got it, clearly. Like, I, I, I can't. I love it. What's our excuse, huge? I know, it's a baby. Baby brain by osmosis. <laughs> How do we follow that? That, like, Nads has produced, made, and birthed the whole human. What have we done in the last four months? I just survived. I'm just surviving out here. Um, no, I can't. What have I done in the last four months? I can't. It, you know what? Podcast related has been quite exciting to see because i remember when we spoke in the beginning about how do we work around podcast wise when when you give birth nadia mm. and then we potentially i don't know if you guys remember we were like oh yeah let's try and run through it and then we'll find time and blah 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 but then we decided to have a break and i think having a break has been good refreshing wise no editing i can sleep <laughs> on time you're welcome guys but also it's been great to see how the podcast is still going people still listening word is getting around a lot more mm. it's also given time for people to find out about our podcast and it's great to see that people are still connected and listening because mm. that's quite surprising i thought people just shut off oh no it has been yeah really nice to take a break but also i've missed it so yeah, yeah i'm really glad to be back excited to but when be you back. say yeah. take a break you haven't really had a break no You're no no that, yeah. that is true yes <laughs> yeah. yes yeah. talking of that you you know baby girl might feature maybe in today's one i don't know she's having a bath at the minute yeah, yeah. see whether she turns up yeah. she um, is a uh, being accompanied in the bath yeah. Yeah. We're, we're just put her in the bath <laughs> whilst we do the podcast <laughs> three social workers <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? We're yeah. Like, oh yes, we're child protection social workers. I've just left the bubba alone. <laughs> Thanks for band. that, friend. I appreciate <laughs> it. Could oh, it's all right. I could have just edited it out. Anyway, just to make, make a sound. What have you been up to, friend? 
What's the name? What you've been up to? Who says what have you been up to for four months? What have you been up to? I think four months is good because it allows for the possibility that I've done something. You know, if you've just not seen someone in a few weeks, what you've been up to, and you're like nothing. So four months. Uh, still can't think of anything to report. No. Okay. <laughs> let's think of something. I think I talk a, a bit about my basketball on here, don't I? Mm. So at the end of May, so I broke my finger. Did I talk about that on the podcast? Yeah. yeah. You yeah. You're like, oh yeah. yeah. They're both like, yeah, you did, <laughs> Fran. Yeah. So I broke my finger, so I was out of action, but then we got into the playoff yes. finals. So we finished second in the league. <gasps> then we got into the playoffs and we missed getting a medal by one point and we scored a basket when the like whistle was blown and we thought we'd won it was quite embarrassing and then you know they're like no (laughs) have you seen that have you seen that one that oh that clip Louis Louis sent me a clip of when Raheem Sterling um, scored oh, a goal yeah in, um, against uh, Champions League yeah. quarterfinal against Spurs it's it like yeah. Sterling celebration oh, and Guardiola on the floor with his hand <laughs> in his head, his head. Oh. but have you seen the the clip where they play the Titanic band pipes and no. It goes all flat and everything. Honestly, I'm going to find it and show it to you. That's what it it must have been like. It was, it was. But then it meant that when you're fourth, you get nothing. You're just like, no glory. But I've heard that we got team of the year. So I'm going to be at basketball tomorrow with hopefully some sort of celebration. So we will see. What are you wearing? That's exciting. (laughs) Your victory Full kit, full kit. (laughs) Full kit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. But yeah, that's about it. Summer had a, um, a little break, went to Italy, climbed a mountain. Oh, yeah, you and your fitness trips. Fitness trips. Fitness trips. That people, people are getting a wrong impression of me, Eugene. I've yeah, just smashed a load of fish and chips in. Yeah, oh. You and your fitness trips. But yeah, no, it's more like unplanned stupidity trips where you know you set off up a mountain in flip-flops with a small (laughs) bottle of water and then you and then on the way up the mountain there's loads of graves because like you know people haven't made it you know and then you get to the top of the mountain you think you're gonna die and then there's a special survivor's hut which has water in a bed in case you don't make it back down so luckily we saw this water and we were like so we did we didn't make it back down but um, yeah it's one of those like trips it was like remember the michael burke nine 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 that used to be on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do, do, you do, thought you were gonna be on there. It's the type of thing that kind of see us in uh, flip flops and then just yeah, never make it down. But yeah, <laughs> so that was a, that was a good break, a good break. Yay! Oh, Baby really girls good. just joined us. I don't know if you're yeah. gonna hear Baby anything. No. Yeah. <laughs> you wanna say hello? <laughs> no. Aww. He's ready. So what we what we yeah. chatting about today? There she is. <laughs> there she is. So today we are talking about change, considering that there's been quite a change in the Social Matters podcast team. We're kind of trying to do things not a bit differently Hmm. this um, season. What did we decide? Season or series? Season. Season's American, isn't it, though? Oh, is it? Yeah. I thought series was American. No, I think season. Anyway. Anyway. Season. Yeah, there's going to be some... Some stuff done a, bit, a little bit differently. So I thought, why not talk about change? We talk about change as social workers quite a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I thought it might be... Well, I, actually, it wasn't my idea, was it? This was your I think it was mine, yeah. I suppose friend. just thinking about change, change in season series, big changes, I guess. You've become mama. Mm. And just thinking about, I guess it's something we think about a lot in social work, about how we work with change in terms of supporting families or and people to change and i wonder whether it's ever explicitly said and i think all social workers intrinsically notice but our aim is change that's that's our target practical change helping people to change their beliefs and their understanding their perspective 
change from maybe to be more hopeful and our business is changed our aim is changed so in social work and also to make sense in life mm. I, w- I would imagine so so kind of see this subject and great subject once again it's you guys the creative team i hope this season i uh, can create one episode and let's do an episode on uh football um, <laughs> could, I just pu- could i just pause you there and just show appreciation for all the editing work because i was just actually messaging a friend today who wants to set up a podcast and she said oh fran like any tips so i said oh you know we just we got some mics and then we we just recorded it and then i thought no there's actually <laughs> yeah, loads yeah. more to that yeah. and i thought there was so much more that I didn't think about I was like well and then I was like and Eugene like does some editing and then he got it on some apps and I yeah. thought actually <laughs> I, I just be like oh yeah just show up and record so appreciation yeah, all that you bring that. like I've said in an episode previously I can't just talk into mic on my own about nothing I need sure you could to, no you yeah. definitely could okay, I, I take that back but yes change that's our aim and and I think it's helpful to talk about that as a first conversation for this new mm. season so what what are your um geez Lou, let me start <laughs> try again what is your um kind of relationship to change how are you both when it comes to a change happening for me it's context dependent i feel that work-wise for example and when i was in my 20s everyone was like oh my god he's got such a young voice i thought he was 22 not 22 but when I was in my 20s um, (laughs) sorry I just talked to myself I was in my 20s I I often wanted to change quite a lot and move on to the next thing and and change living situations change where I was working and I felt okay with that change to me is a step in a new direction and a step that was progressing and the idea of being comfortable doesn't sit right with me so Hmm. change equals newness and change equals progression and development so for me I'm okay with that in all aspects of my life every year I consider how can I make things better and in my head making things better is changing things Hmm. um so yeah I guess that's my relationship with change what about you friend I I like to change a lot as in like jobs I kind of like to move around I do like trying new things out I always you know people used to call me Franny extracurricular I like to (laughs) change and do lots of extra things and I'm actually in the middle of a change now because I've recently become a vegetarian Um, are you joking you're lying (laughs) no are you serious is this this when you said vegetarian and you ordered lamb chops you know this you never told me Fran I've been going on about this yeah I've been (laughs) Are you, are you really being serious? I, yeah. I did not know I this. I did not know. Right. Oh, no, you just had fish and chips. No. <laughs> Sorry, not fish. Not fish. So flexi. So, do you, do you oh, call pesky it pesky? Pesky. 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 Since when, friend? I don't so even know who you are. You. Oh, I love it. This is such an authentic change. I know, this is like, happening live. Yeah. A change is happening in real life. So yeah, it's been about three weeks. I've been a veggie. Wow. But it's funny oh, because... Oh, it is. Oh, no, you, you could, just you don't just listen. Correct. Out, so, yeah. yeah. Drying out. Drying out. Oh, something. I thought you said. <laughs> <laughs> Drying out. That's something else. Sorry. Go um, on. I and it's funny because I've been thinking about it for some time and not being eating meat in the week for some time, and then it was just like, okay, next step. But it's about how long it takes for like a change in behaviour to properly sink in, and they say mm. it's about two to three months of doing things consistently. Because I do forget that I am a veggie now. <laughs> like I went to the shop the other day, I picked up some chicken and I was like, oh no, I'm a veggie now. Although my beliefs have changed, my behaviours still a little bit high. Like mm. I forget, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm not a veggie. But so I like change, 
I don't know how good I am at sticking to it, mm. I guess. Um, so, I don't know. Let's check in the next episode if yeah. I'm still a You're right, yeah. I just had 15 beef steaks in a row. Yeah. <laughs> good, good weekend. What about you, Ned? I worry about or I'm anxious about change or think like the anticipation of something coming for me is the worst bit. And then when I'm actually in it or doing it and the change is happening, then it's all right. For mm. example, becoming a mum. A few years ago, I was terrified of childbirth. I was terrified of not being able to just pick myself up and run off and go out and gallivant and live life how I usually do. But actually going through the process and actually doing it and being in it now, like it's not, it's not that deep. Yeah. You, do you know what I mean? I think the anticipation of it is the worst part rather than the actual change itself. Yeah. What other changes are you, are you okay for? Because we, we, we spoke about this just before yeah. and Nadia was telling us about a change that she's attempted. Yes. So I've been following Joe Wicks for a good couple of years. For those of you who don't know who Joe Wicks is, he's called The Body Coach and he's a personality on Instagram that is basically trying to get people to get lean in 15 he talks about cooking healthy meals and that kind of thing so i've been following him for a couple of years and i finally decided to bite the bullet and get his program after having the baby oh the 90 day thing is that what you're doing yeah yeah yeah, that's what i'm doing that's crazy it's so good i'm really enjoying it okay so i've just done cycle one so 30 days down and i'm giving myself a break hence fish and chips because that's not on the plan but (laughs) (laughs) I I just wanted a little break and I'm going to try and link it with what we were talking about before with Barry Mason and his suggestion for what change is and it's um, firstly a commitment to experimenting with difference with action with repetition and with time so with the Joe Wicks thing I've committed to experimenting with the difference of getting up every morning and working out Whoop. trying to make sure that I'm eating clean and eating right and fueling up myself properly so that's the action i'm following through with the action repetition i'm making sure that i'm doing it every day and being consistent and following through and time it's going to take time i'm going to be able to eventually hopefully tick off on my bucket list get abs because yes (laughs) on my bucket list but i haven't really been taking the action to try and make that happen Mm. so yeah so it's a change equation so yes um, Commitment to experimenting with difference, difference plus action. action, plus repetition, plus time. plus time. Yeah. If I think about that in relation to me, so recently, this is one of the things that's happened over the last couple of months as well. I've reactivated my Monzo account after 16 months because oh. I'm just a tap, tap, tapper. Yes. Like when my normal bank account, my tap, no one tells me, I don't know how much I'm spending, tap, tap, tap. And I, I I had like a couple of weeks off and I was looking at where I spend my money and how I could save and stuff like that. Can I guess? Prep. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, you know my face. You're a prep guy. I know. I've got prep all written all over my face. I'll oh, <laughs> have that and that and that. Next thing you know, you walk out of you 50 quid. But you know what? It was getting crazy. Like I was spending so much money on food and I was looking at the majority of my money goes to food. Whereas I can go and do a shop at, at my local Aldi and get two weeks worth of food for like 40 quid Aldi so, oh it. Aldi is the one it's the seriously it's so good like, nappies cheap oh anyway sorry anyone else tuned into the shopping podcast <laughs> talking um, about food and nappies but I guess my commitment to experimenting with difference in, in this situation was being more committed to cooking and having oh. a section on the weekend where I just devote to cooking my meals for the whole week and I don't really care about what 
I eat not in that way, but I can eat the same thing two days in a row. Joe Wicks would highly approve of that. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, good. Yeah. It's called uh, might... Prepping Like a Boss. Oh, you might as well just call me Joe Wicks. I like that. Prepping Like a Boss. Prepping hey. Like a Boss. Um, and, <laughs> and I guess the action is doing it and cooking and the repetition is trying to do it every week and every Sunday and thinking about giving myself time to embed it mm. the first week i did it it was great and i'd literally spent three pounds in a whole week because i with my monzo account giving myself a spending allowance okay. and i spent three pounds in a week it was well within my weekly budget <laughs> and then this week not so much Aww. only three days only but three days is better than, than zero Nothing, so yeah. it's true that's me trying to commit to change so we've all given examples of where we've tried change attempted change or in the middle of change but what is it that's in all of us or individuals that has driven that change do we think in relation to the example i gave it basically <laughs> financially motivated i remember when i was in my 20s and earning far less than what i'm earning now but i was still able to survive and live a good life so why is it that my wage has increased but i'm still dipping into my overdraft and stuff like yeah. that and what's driven this change is the idea of knowing that actually money isn't there forever and there are people in much worse situations than, than I am and surviving. So if I'm really critical of myself, maybe I was taking my position, my financial position and feeling that I'm comfortable and thinking I can go and spend £20 a day on prep, whereas that's absolutely ridiculous. So I guess that's what drove me to do something different. So would you say reward plays a part in it for both of you? You're oh, getting yeah. financial reward. You are going to have your abs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There is a reward in it, but I also think is the is it something about motivation as well mm. and and wanting something to be different. Yeah, you know. Yeah, recognizing that. Yeah, that's the thing I want. I really want to go and get it. There's almost then something about self belief and self efficacy yeah. that you, because some people might just think I'm never gonna maybe not see it as a possibility to get the abs. <laughs> yeah. For example, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, there's something there in both of you with your examples that you're like I can do this yeah because even with you actually I must I must admit I'm so mean with his lunches he, he came I saw him with his lunchbox and I made him he, a space for his name but he hasn't written, written his name <laughs> name on it yet but huge is actually someone who's highly motivated so I knew he'd do it anyway but an extra challenge is that he's also very sort of competitive and driven so I knew <laughs> if I said you're not going to keep this up he will definitely keep it up. So I often Strategic. see him with his lunchbox and uh, he's like, Franny, still got my lunch. Um, well, you know what? You haven't said that this week and that's probably contributed to me like dropping off. Because <laughs> oh, you haven't said that this week. Oh, you it's said my it fault, week. is it? Yes, right. friend. That's your motivation. <laughs> but, you know, that's a, thinking about friends, do you think you can change? Do you think you need other people and support to help change? Like, can you do it on your own? Mm. Could you do it without Joe? Oh, it would be so much harder. Joe's my mate at the moment. I talk about him all the time. <laughs> having an affair. Yeah. We, should, we should get him on here. <laughs> I guess as an individual, yes and no. It's about, I think, linked to what you were saying, Nads, around motivation. And people can be self-motivated, like sports people, for example, who play individual sports and not necessarily having people to push them that, that there's a way that they can make change but they so. all they have a whole team like yeah ah, fair true. enough you only see them like by themselves out on a court but they've got nutritionists they've got physiotherapists they've yeah. got 
dietitians, coaches. coaches. Thanks, guys. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's, there is like a whole team to mm. make sure that they're, you know, that they're elite and that they're up there. But how did they start? And I remember reading about Rebecca Edlington, big gold medalist, and she was saying that she would be up in the morning, four o'clock. She would swim for like four or five hours in the morning because she needed an empty pool before everyone else got there. So when she had a coach, yes, it's a different mm-hmm. kettle of fish. She could rent out a private pool or whatever, but training for the Olympics or as a junior, it will often be people, with a lot of sports people, it will often be them going out um, on their own and trying to, to do it. So it, it's probably a combination of both. For me as an individual, there's parts of me that can create change or does create change through my own personal kind of motivations or drive. But there's other parts that your description you just gave with my lunchbox where assistance of somebody else even motivates or propels that change further. Why did you ask that question, Frank? Because I'm just thinking about families we work with and we're thinking about change and we talk a lot about support networks and thinking Mm -hmm. about factors that can help influence this if you do have that support of other people and that other people kind of rooting for you. And when we're thinking about change, how how hard it can be. We're, we're just giving examples of changes we've tried to make and changes that I've unsuccessfully made or only done it for a few weeks. And actually, sometimes other people there can help, can't they? I know when mm-hmm. I used to run a lot more, like definitely running with a friend would yeah. be that like, are you going for a run tonight? Sort of keep it up. And I'm mm. just thinking about factors and context that impact on change. Yeah. And so then transitioning it into social work and into the work we do, thinking about the different types of changes Mm. and how an individual defines how change occurs and I know Nadia you were going to share some systemic understandings about change so in sometimes in social work we talk about first order and second order change that's a sort of systemic idea that first order change is change that happens at the level of behavior so you can kind of see a change whereas second order change happens at the levels of belief and that's where we're trying to make the difference in the work that we're doing. So I thought of an example to illustrate this a little bit is that say, for example, you tell someone, you know, that somebody crosses a road, not at a zebra crossing, they just cross like not at traffic lights and quite unsafely. And you say to them, you need to be crossing the road at the zebra crossing. Don't really explain why you just tell them that's what you need to do because of your authority and your position. They will start crossing the road at the zebra crossing, but not really maybe necessarily knowing mm. why it is that you've said that. Yeah. So you see a change in their behaviour in that you see that they're crossing the road at the zebra crossing, but really and truly when you're not looking, they probably might be crossing the road in the place where they're not meant to. Whereas if, let's say, for example, they nearly got run over when they were crossing the road in the unsafe place or something else happens to make them realise that it's much safer for them to be crossing the road at the zebra crossing, they will then start crossing at the zebra crossing because that's what they believe Mm. is the right and the safest thing to do. So yes, their behaviour has changed because they're crossing there, but also their beliefs about why it is that they should be crossing at the zebra crossing Mm. has changed as well. And that is going to make them cross there for longer rather than you just telling them that's what needs to happen does that make sense yeah it makes sense and it's making me think about the role of social workers or people who work with others and where they target their intervention and Mm. their work because sometimes the work of the intervention from social work is targeted at the level of behavior so Mm. you want to see a change you focus on trying to help create change in the level of behavior Mm. but 
thinking about how do you help change or adjust someone's beliefs, someone's values towards mm. a matter or towards a zebra crossing or towards violence or neglect or anything like that. Mm. The questions you ask, the things you explore, the curiosity you have is about their values and their beliefs. And I think about an iceberg. Everyone loves an iceberg mm. in social work and systemic and thinking about what you see on the surface of the water is behavior it's really big it's in your face it looks frightening but underneath there's a much bigger block of ice which is values and beliefs and there needs to be a curiosity about what's beneath the surface and what can i do to help change that because that's where like you said second order long lasting change occurs yeah i guess thinking about our role as social workers how do you think we can support change to happen? I guess recognising that change has to come from the person, the individual or the family. And mm. um, what things do you think we can do to support that change? You know, you mentioned a bit earlier about support networks and people around the families, like the parents and children that we're working with directly. I think some, you know, more often than, than not, there is somebody in their network that holds a similar view to you maybe if something does need to change maybe if there is neglect or abuse or whatever you know there might be a grandma or an auntie who also thinks yeah you know something does need to change here and I think working with them as well and getting them on board helps so Mm. it's not just outside strangers professionals and with all this power saying something needs to give here it's also people in within their network and sometimes parents are able to like hear things differently from mm-hmm. somebody who's already you know known to them and who loves yeah. them and who's part of their family or network yeah and you say network and talk about professionals i would say that it's important to recognize and acknowledge that we are all part of a wider system and thinking about the different people within the system the contextual factors and linking into last season when we talked about contextual safeguarding is the different contexts in which the family are in and that may be their community that may be their friendship networks or their professional networks but also where they live geographically the context of the UK thinking about political factors poverty who they are as people all of these factors contribute to any challenges and also engaging with those contextual factors will contribute to helping to Mm. achieve change what about you friend and so much of it is about the relationship as well isn't it that we have with the families and there's lots of research about the influence of the relationship that we have lambert did some research in 1992 looking at the factors around successful outcomes and client factors and events outside of the kind of family were 40 percent influence but the relationship was 30 percent with expectancy and hope 15 percent and techniques 15%. So they were the factors in successful outcomes for families in terms of change. And it's, it's so interesting, isn't it, that we, I guess, the focus on that is so important as well and how we build that relationship. And as you both said, around thinking about support networks, thinking about the wider family, thinking about the system and context mm. that, that people exist in as well, I think it's important to think about. Yeah, I remember thinking about change. I, I remember somebody asking me, is first order change bad? And that's an important thing to recognise is that a second order change and a focus on trying to help create change in values and beliefs is the long term goal and is the desire. But it's not to be said that first order change and the change in behaviour should be eradicated because there may be situations in child protection, especially where there's a level of concern and there's a level of danger and first order change is necessary. But one of the things that I like to say is focus on creating first order change, but with second order intent. So their intent in the long term is to try and 
help change values and beliefs, not to just stop when you see a change in behavior. You may start to see a change in behavior. That's great. Safety is present or to an extent, but how can I continue my work to change, help change values and beliefs so the change is long lasting so they will know how to cross the zebra crossing mm. without you being there, basically. And choose to want to cross the zebra yeah. crossing mm. like, rather than, yeah doing yeah. it because we told so them. So having yeah. some sort of autonomy on it. Mm. Another tool that I that's helpful in social work and that I use is the Prochaska, I can never say that, Prochaska and Diclamenti 1982 Stages of Change model. Mm. So that's been around for a long time and I know it was something that was introduced in my social work training back in the day. So, so back, in, back, in, day. back in Das Day. <laughs> so people might be f- familiar with this, but I think it can be a helpful way to think about how change happens and the different stages that we all go through whether it's with joe wicks and the abs or me trying to stop putting jerk chicken in my face or whether it's eugene trying <laughs> to take a packed lunch um but we we start with pre-contemplation so that's when i guess i'm thinking i should probably stop eating meat because there's lots of reasons it's bad for the environment the climate and the animals and then uh you kind of move into the contemplation when you're thinking about making the change and you prepare the preparation stage for change and then in the action so i'm, I'm in the action I'm, I'm doing it i'm not eating the meat and then you move into the maintenance so we'll see if when we check in the next episode if i'm still doing <laughs> it but i think a really important and it is a cycle and i think the important bit is that relapse is part of that cycle and i think yeah. that's really important like Eugene had a relapse this week. He forgot to take his lunch. Nad has had a relapse. We've had fish and chips. And I've had a relapse because I've eaten fish. So basically, we're all in, we're all in it together. But it can be helpful, particularly with families, if we're, we're working closely with them and then people might revert back to old behaviours. It enables you to think this is a typical part of change and not to see it as some sort of failing yeah. or not to take it personally that, oh, mm. you know, this, this has happened and they've reverted to old behaviours. And it can help you see where someone's at and then I guess target yeah. your work or interventions at that stage. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that the Prochaska and Diclamenti model's really helpful tool in social work. Yeah, and I think as well that relapse bit, it just brings about hope, doesn't it? It doesn't it just yeah. really reminds you that yeah, you know, relapse is part of the cycle. It's quite natural, it's okay. Um, yeah. and not to just be like, Well, that's it, you know, it's all over it's mm. never going to work just yeah. holding on to that hope is really important and it just makes me think about what you said question one of you guys asked earlier about our relationship with change and i think in situations like that when you're working with families it's important to think reflexively about your own relationship with change why is it that you are relaxed about the change you're seeing why is it that you feel disappointed or you feel let down if somebody's relapsed and you ask us a question about how we feel about change and that may display itself in your personal life but also may come into your thinking whether you know it or not in your professional life and I like to think about in a very optimistic way whilst trying to think about or ensuring safety is there but if somebody's on that cycle if somebody is able to make a couple of steps forward towards the desired change that they want to make I see that as a positive step I see that as something that I can work with and something that I should affirm and even if they get to the point where they do have a bit of a relapse then actually because they've been part of that change journey then I'm confident or I will have confidence to try and get them back onto that cycle I'm gonna ask a question and I've worried it's not worried but maybe it's not something that's easily answered I guess but what if you're working with families which I have 
been have done and they don't feel like they need to change and they don't feel they don't see what the concerns are they don't they're not they're not on board what experience have you guys had and what kind of ideas can you yeah can we bounce around a lot and it's a good question and it's a it's a really important one in social work because we we sort of talk about change when it's happened but yeah absolutely often it might be that a local authority thinks one thing and a family or parent or young person thinks the other. I think for me, it's a lot around that relationship stage again. And I guess still getting to know the person, the family, to see if you can come to a sort of shared understanding. Because initially it might be actually that you don't have a shared understanding, but through working with them and and getting to know the family, is it something that actually works for them and sits for them rather than it being imposed power hierarchy? You need to do this, you need to change this, which I'm sure we've all seen in in practice over the years. So I suppose it's it's around that. But I then also, you know... (sighs) At its at the other end, I've worked in proceedings where the person hasn't been ready to change at that time, particularly thinking yeah. of substance misuse, really problematic substance misuse for many years. And that's really, really hard, obviously, for the parent and, and the child where it's, you know, we often talk, you know, within a child's timescales and it's just as the change is so big and the factors are so high in terms of other complexities in their life that unfortunately they haven't been able to in those timescales. So there's that as well that I think mm. comes into it. It's interesting that you mentioned court proceedings because that's what I was thinking when you asked that question, Nadia, is when you think about what if somebody doesn't want to change and and that does happen in court, that does happen outside court. But it's important to think about what is the impact of them not wanting to change. So, Naz, if you don't get abs... What's the impact? Who yeah. who suffers? It <laughs> who stays on my yeah. bucket list. <laughs> but if I don't bring lunch into work, what's the impact? The only impact is on me financially. You not being a vegetarian probably has the greatest impact on society and climate. So I mean, just a better person, mine is the most selfless yes. bit of change. So, bit, so I guess a similar consideration has to be given in social work. If the impact of a family not changing is significant enough for the children that we're working with or families or other people being harmed or people not being safe, then unfortunately the time element is reduced and adjustments have to be made and action has to be taken. So yeah, it's like all aspects of our work, thinking about the impacts of it. Guys, I think we're coming to the end of, uh, I was going to say series two, can you imagine? <laughs> Just one episode done, done <laughs> of uh, episode one, series two. It's been nice to back with you all in the makeshift studio. So any final golden nuggets that you want to get out there? I thought we had fish. What are you talking about? Nuggets. Yeah, I want to just remind people of Barry Mason's equation of change equals commitment to experimenting with difference plus action plus repetition plus time. Mm-hmm. Thank you. It's a great one. Good old buzzer. It's a reminder that change is not easy. Change mm. is hard. And I think it can be helpful when working with families to think of your own efforts and ideas with change to be reminded about how hard change is. And as we've talked about, and, and as you said, you used to really think reflexively about your relationship with change. What were the stories in your family about change growing up? What are the narratives around it? Because I think it will enable you to think reflexively about your relationship with change with a family as well. Yeah. Are you are you feeling frustrated? Are you thinking change should happen really quickly? How do you measure change if you feel something's not changed within a few months? Is it alarm bells or actually are, are you OK with a slower pace? And I think that will, will enable a more balanced approach with families. 
Yeah, and I think what I would add to what you guys have said is thinking from a social work perspective that changes are part of our core business, helping to create change and thinking about the importance of what change looks like and the importance of first order and second order change, having an acknowledgement of what that looks like in your practice and thinking about the role that you play as social workers or people who work with vulnerable people, the role you play to try to help to create that long-lasting value and beliefs based uh, second order change because that's when families will hopefully be able to live their lives without the intervention of the state and want to change and if they want to change then that change can be sustained over a longer period of time cool thanks guys oh um, i missed that yeah good chat good chat um so if you would like to follow us on instagram and twitter we are on we are on we are at matters yeah. podcasts um and we're also on facebook at the social matters podcast um yeah do check us out yeah and also if you like leave us a review and yes, um please. check us out on itunes and we'll be back next time for episode two Whoop. bye 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 <laughs> sorry bye felicia <laughs>